Ladies and gentlemen, guess who's back? We have the one and only Emily Anger, ours, our first returning guest. Super pumped to have her back. <laughs> yeah. So, I didn't know that. Little, little, little round of thank applause. You. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're the first one. Drew, Drew doesn't count. She's co-host now. So <laughs> she's not, she's a forever returning guest. <laughs> I'm just here now. It's just, this is yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, good to have you. Really, uh, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I actually didn't know that I was the, the first returning one, but it's a pleasure. It was such a good conversation we had last time. So yeah. I'm just excited to see what's going to come out this time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, th uh, this time, like Jude's had it in her mind to talk about body image for a while as well. Yeah. Um, so, and I know you've dealt with it a lot uh, personally, professionally, um, especially being in the transformation industry where, you know, you're taking people to physique uh, goals, which, you know, look, everybody ends up looking uh, quote unquote amazing um, and the reason I put that in quote unquote is because of um, our uh, you know culture around what it is to actually look good mm. and um, and so then kind of like defining that and um, and yeah and then Jude asked me once as well you know as a man like what's your opinion on uh, body image like how does it affect you what have you noticed about it and to be honest it wasn't something that ever really fully registered with me so I did a lot of like thinking and digging into it and um, even her conversations with like a good friend about it as well as like, you know, what has body image been to you as a man? Like, you know, how has it affected you? So I could like kind of uh, get a better idea of what's going on there. Um, so I think I wanted to open it up to you, which is um, to both of you first, because I know Jude, the question that you had was um, body image in general, body image in our industry. As a woman, you feel it. Um, em, do you feel it? And then... Judy, you asked me that question as well, mm. but I want to put it to you. I want to put it to you two first. So, Em, what's uh, what's your take on uh, this loaded topic of uh, body image? That kind of needs needs to be addressed and needs to be appreciated better uh, with nuance. I think in in the fitness industry, um, how where do you sit with it? <sighs> wow. <laughs> so <Start> obviously. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's obviously been a, a full circle journey for me in terms of where I have been in terms of my body image and where I am today with my body image. Um, but I think before even I think talking about what body image has been like as a woman in a journey and with social media and all of these things, I think what I came to the conclusion was that the body image is just another reflection on the relationship to yourself, mm. right? 100%. So, yeah. Uh, and so my relationship to my body has changed because my relationship to myself has changed. Um, now, yeah, you mentioned that I work with body composition clients and I've done competitions and photo shoots myself. And I mean, it was at the peak of my physique when I realized my body image was the absolute worst. So that's mm. when I realized the link between body image and how we feel about how we look, this like they're not related to the actual look. Um, mm. And I, I remember I felt like a, a massive fraud going through my first diet, looking absolutely incredible. And I never actually felt worse about myself, ever. Um, and you know, when women, and I had a lot of women coming up to me and they were saying, you know, wow, you're such an inspiration. You look incredible. Wow. I wish that I could look like that. And I remember feeling 
so bad about not being able to take that compliment and really feel it and i felt like i had to say thank you because it's the polite thing to do but i never felt it and then mm. I thought, here i am preaching this to other women and men as well of course and yet i felt so bad so it was a very interesting moment in my life when i when i made that realization you know body image is it's nothing to do with what you actually look like. Of course, we are under pressure, and, and I know that men as well. I, like I, I just came off the call with my. I have a Sunday roundtable with my clients, and we actually I brought it up because I knew we were, we were going to speak about it. And yes, I think men have had their pressure as well. You know, men's health physique, abs, sure. what is a man, um, of course. But I think women is way more conditioned for a very much longer time. And it's been, it's about superiority, inferiority, more so mm. just being great looks, if you know what I mean. Um, there's been, so yeah, I think just the relationship to yourself is the most important thing. And with that, you can take the pressure of social media and society, and it doesn't really face you. Like I actually don't judge my body based on what I see is what's right now of course it's easy for me maybe to say that because i have a decent physique as it is but i'm right now the heaviest i've been for probably five years so for me i'm not in my best physique yet i still love my body so much and my body image hasn't changed then i can appreciate the spectrum of looking good because my body image my, my relationship to myself has changed right great Emily, so I have a question just going on what you said before about how you said your physique looked amazing and but you didn't feel your you didn't feel like that. What was going on internally? What what were you feeling? I know you said you felt like a fraud, but what was going on within your thoughts um at that time? Oh man. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm like an open book. I'm, Great. I, I think it's really hard to explain what negative emotions and feelings really are and how they manifest. They're just there and they yeah. it's like a lens that you it's like you put on a pair of glasses and everything you see is negative. And so yeah. it goes further beyond just for me, it was like I'm not good enough, I'm not this, uh, no one likes me, I'm not attractive, no man like they became so much more than just I don't like the way I look. It was more it became a self-destructive thought pattern. Um, but I remember it was it was really tough because <laughs> I I remember I felt like I couldn't train in shorts and I had zero cellulite. Oh my God, time. I have that. Yeah, yeah, I get you that. You know, I had zero cellulite. I had nothing. Yeah. I was skinny as one could be, you know. And I just had the feeling of like, wow, because I was then starting to put on weight again post prep because I ended up with an eating disorder and it was, it's, it was a really difficult time. And I remember feeling so embarrassed about myself and then putting on weight was like the ultimate failure. Um, and yeah, so it, it was, it was, I mean, there was a lot of emotions. I did, it's hard to say exactly what it was I felt, but because it became this systemic thing that just took over. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, as I said, like I had all these women coming up to me saying, wow, you inspire me. And I thought you don't want to be like me because I don't feel good about myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was the thing. It felt really hard to talk to women who who would and and people don't just come up and give you compliments like just like that so it, it was just really hard and for me to go like 
oh yeah thank you mm. um, but I don't feel that way so thank you but th no thank you like it, it was really that and you know in my school of thought it's you don't want to reject what other people like people come to you and it's like a gift right a compliment is a gift that someone gives to you so if I don't sure. if I don't take it I'm actually being rude and disrespectful so, so I for me it was like this conflict of I don't want to take this on because I don't feel this way mm. but I don't want to not say thank you and and not engage in that conversation because to you I'm inspiring so it was like a, a mental battle for for some time 100%. and how how did you change how did you do the work to to get through that and overcome that what work did you do to feel better and become how you are now i think i realized that i was victimizing myself okay you know i um yeah, I just realized that, you know, the most powerful thing we have is choice and no one forced me to diet. Like I, no one didn't take my food away and said, you can't have that. You know, mm. I, so the more I, and I was working in this environment where it was really high pressure, I was really unhappy. And I just had this realization of like, no one is forcing me to stay. No one is forcing me to diet. No one is forcing me to do anything yet. I feel like I'm a victim. And that was for me, like when I realized that victim's mindset, it everything changed for me anyway. And then I, I started going like, actually I choose to be in this place. I, I chose to diet and it, for me it became empowering rather than feeling like so everything was happening to me. It was like, no, no, I chose this path. I can choose to leave, I can choose to eat, I can choose to do whatever I want. And that that was the catalyst, obviously, I think, that was the starting point of a, a very long journey of personal development. And I think rediscovering what was important to me, how I wanted to feel like now when I, when I, I navigate my life purely based on how do I want to feel and I want to feel fantastic. That means that I have to make choices that makes me feel fantastic. And I also have to own things that might not feel fantastic, but I can see that they might be necessary. We don't, like delayed gratification is a thing. So I think, you know, being able to go, what is important, what is necessary, and then what is not important and what do I not ever want to engage with? And that includes people as well. You know, yeah. if you engage with negative people, if you engage with people who are condescending, maybe not even to yourself, but to other people, then it has an effect on your psychology. So for me, it was more looking at my life and going, how can I construct my life so I feel the best all the time? Mm. great so so what's what's interesting there is is like there's body image which is how you look but then there's body feel right which is how do you actually feel inside that can be completely disconnected so the image doesn't represent how you feel inside and it's essentially it sounds like it's about merging the two is like here's my outward look and um, it's something that has to match how you feel inside right is like mm. yeah which is yeah there's uh, there's some yeah there's some stuff there but um but essentially it just comes down to like with with body images like the image doesn't matter it essentially comes down to how do you feel within yourself yes is like is that is that is is that essentially what you're is that essentially what you're saying 
Yeah, I think parts of it is, but we if we do look at like body image as well, it's so because we are in this world of like body positivity and like it, yes. p political correctness and you yes. know we we do sometimes maybe forget the fact that there is first of all there's a grayscale of what healthy means and I think that should be the ultimate goal for most people is like healthy. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. But it is health is more than just biomarkers it is mental health it is so much more than that so it's about looking at health in that spectrum and go what does healthy mean and try to stay within those markers and, and understand that it's okay to have a bit of a movement in how you look and how you feel sometimes as well of course you you won't always feel fantastic like i would be lying if i said i've i feel great all the time it's you know it's, it's not it's not the case but my aim is to be there but I think with body in with body image, it's also about having something that you aspire to that's not coming from a destructive way. You know, when I do diets now, it's not because I don't like how I look now. It's not because I need to do anything differently. So whenever I do say a photo shoot prep, it's because I like the challenge of growth. Nice. Which it yeah. gives me to do that. Um, so if we can look at body image and, and see we can aspire to be, quote unquote, better looking, quote unquote, leaner, whatever we're going to say, mm -hmm. without it having to be something that has to come from a negative place, then I think that's good. But I think if we're going from a place of I don't like this and I need to change because I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough or would that that's when it becomes destructive i think long term and where it's why it doesn't become sustainable because if mm. i think it's a good catalyst to get started you know it's i think pain and and negative emotions are super powerful tools like it's a drive force for change you know when we're desperate enough that's when we change if we're not desperate we don't change until we get desperate you know no mm. one no one quits. Well, people do quit smoking. So that's a bad analogy. But people don't quit smoking until they get the, like you got lung cancer. Like you know, some people are that way. You know, so yeah. But if we can see body image and looking at, I know we're probably going to talk about social media and stuff. But if we can look at other people and go, that's pretty cool. I don't mm. have to feel bad about myself because I'm looking at someone who might be quote unquote again more good looking or have better physique. But I, I understand that I can aspire to do something to to work on myself to get there. It's, it's actually really interesting that you you say that, Emily. I mean, it's slightly different, but I, G and I actually talked about it in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. And I did a, a little post on how inspiration over intimidation, and it was more to do with movement. And actually, everything you've just said, it's kind of that how that's how I feel about when I see someone do something that's impressive to me, whatever it is in terms of movement, you know, it could be just a very, very strong movement or it could be something that's really functional. And, and there have been moments in my life where I'm like, oh, I really want to do that and I can't. But then also I think it's important to be inspired by those things as well. And I think that's what you're saying that it's like we should look at that as something to, to look forward to and try and, you know, be inspired by. And I think it's the same with, body image and, and everything that we're talking about right now as well. It's like be inspired by something that you maybe aren't quite there with yet, but try not to feel bad about yourself at the same time. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, but I think that goes so far beyond just the body. Mm. It goes to business, it goes to relationships, it goes to everything, right? Because I I, I look at all of these like crazy uh, successful business people, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But that could make me feel really shit about myself. And I'm going to be super honest. Like, there was a time when I started off as a virtual solopreneur when I would look at my peers and I would actually go feeling really bad about myself because I would think that everyone was crushing it. They, you know, cause this again, it's the, whatever, whatever you see on social media is what yeah. you believe, right? So I, I recognize that and go like, wow, I now have a negative feeling based on what I'm looking at. So for me, I needed to just stop looking at what my friends were doing for a while because it was it was counterproductive. And it's the same mm-hmm. when I was at my my worst place there mentally with, with my physique. I had to unfollow all of these fitness girls because it just reminded me of something negative. Whereas now when I'm in a better place, I can look at it and go like, ah, it's so inspiring. And oh, I can learn something from this person. Or, oh, I didn't know that you could do it that way. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so all of a sudden it becomes like more of a curious frame of mind rather than a like a judging frame of mind and it's the difference that makes the difference i think when you go ah i can really appreciate that in someone else how can i internalize that what would it mean for me to go and do something similar what would it mean for me or do i even want to go there Mm. that's another thing like do i want to be that like that person or do i want to maybe be like this person um so yeah yeah inspiration Um, for sure Exactly. Inspiration. It's, um, I think you, yeah, you nailed it there as well. Cause do you even want it? Cause you can think that you want it, right? Mm. But just because it's in front of you everywhere you look and it's kind of insidious that way as well, where it's not even necessarily important to you, but uh, because it's in your environment and our environment now is expanded way beyond than just what we physically reside in because we have social media, you know, we see what everybody's doing. We see people at the pinnacle of their game, yeah. people who are experts at what they do, people who are industry leaders, whatever. We see them and we think, you know, why, can't, like whether we think it or not, it's happening where it's influencing us on a level where we go, okay, maybe I should have that as well. Why can't I have that? Why don't I have that? And then you can feel like shit. I think a classic one for me was like, you know, when handstands started becoming a thing, you know, everybody was freaking busting out handstands and you see Ido Portal just doing a one-armed handstand. And, uh, and I'm there being like, you know, people see me as like, oh, he's the movement guy, you know? And so there was part of me, which was like, well, if I'm the movement guy and this is what movement artists are doing, then maybe mm-hmm. I should be able to do a handstand, you know, it looks freaking cool. And uh, wow, it looks amazing to do. Maybe that suggests that you're at the pinnacle of your um, abilities and uh, pinnacle of your movement capacity by being able to do that. Maybe I should go and do that. And, you know, several years passed and I never put any dedicated effort into it. But every time I saw somebody doing it, I was like, oh, man, I wish I could do it. I wish I could do it. And then I realized I was like, actually, I don't even care. I don't even want to do it. If I did want to do it, I would have actually gone and spent those three years in doing it. And I just felt so much better about it afterwards as well. I was like, okay, I'm staying in my lane. If I want to be doing a mad handstand and like one arm handstand at some point in the future, yeah, I'll work on it. But it's just not something that I care about right now enough to actually dedicate to. And the amount of like mental real estate and cognitive load that just freed up just not worrying about i should be able to do this i just uh, it just it just i just stopped caring and it just felt great and it was amazing so there's there's a lot there in that so that's the parallel for me 
um, mm. is one of the parallels at least as well. And then I have had some thoughts about like how body image is doing the same thing, but, um, but it's essentially, yeah, you've got to really know whether you actually want it or not, because you might think you want it. And then you've got to think about thinking whether you actually want it. So you got to, you got to like kind of like get a bit meta about it and then just really tap into what, like, so then it goes into bigger things. Like, you know, what are you, what yeah. do you actually value? Do you even care about that image or do you just care about being healthy? Do you care about looking that way or is looking that way just representative of, you know, you being able to play with your kids, you being able to uh, move about freely? And uh, then if that if that's what you're aiming for, being able to move about freely, feel confident in your body, does it even matter that you look like that? And then I'm willing to bet a lot of people will go, actually, that doesn't matter. I just want to feel like this. Yeah. So when I feel stronger, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, Actually, there was Julie, I was going to ask you as well. Like, yeah. You know, what's, what's, yeah. What's your experience? Like, uh, you know, Emily shared her version. Yeah. Where do you, where's, what's your experience with it? With, with body image and things like that. Um, yeah. So as a Pilates teacher, uh, I joined Instagram years and years and years ago. And as a Pilates teacher, I always felt that I was slightly different and that I didn't have that particular type of body. I wasn't particularly bendy. I didn't like a dancer. I didn't look like a ballerina. I wasn't, you know, very tall and 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 fluid and mobile. And and I felt inadequate for a really, really long time. I felt really inadequate. And as hard as I would try, I couldn't get that movement. I couldn't I didn't look that way. I wasn't bendy. I, I have a, a back issue that made me unbendy, um, for want of a better word. And um, <laughs> it took <laughs> unbendy. And it took me a really long time to move away from that space and to realize that I had my own qualities and my own way of moving that, yeah, might not be the Pilates way, um, but it's it's a way that works and I'm strong in my body and and I think my body looks good the way that I've I've managed to to work with it despite all my injuries and things like that and um and for me and I've talked about it before on a couple of podcasts so I used to drink a lot of alcohol and it was when I gave up alcohol completely that that's actually when everything changed for me and I just felt much healthier I looked better and I naturally became I, or I naturally came into my body a bit more it wasn't I didn't like my body when I was drinking I didn't like it at that time and then as I gave up and 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 moved more into that healthy space that's when everything just looked better for me anyway so um yeah and I'm definitely now the strongest that I've ever been and I do look at Pilates movements online and I'm like I can't do it or handstands or things like that and I know that physically I probably couldn't do it I could try and I could build up and I could do maybe a few months of training but I think also you have to know your limitations as well and I know with my skeletal system that it just isn't capable of certain things so I think it's knowing that you can take your body to a certain point and and know your limitations within that. And I think appreciate it for what it is. I have strength and I have mobility and I have flexibility. I don't have that dancer's physique. I'll never have it, but I have my physique and that's okay. And yeah, so that's how I, I, I've kind of felt about it. It's taken a long time to come about circle, to feel better. 
And there's a really big movement at the moment, especially in the Pilates industry, about not looking like that, being okay in your body, not looking a certain way, not being able to do all the classical exercises that we have to do in our in our repertoire and, and that being okay, because guess what? Your clients probably can't do it as well. And and that's because they're coming to you for injury rehab more often than not. And it's our job to teach them as the person in front of us and not teach them these crazy exercises that are, are kind of unattainable as well. So, yeah. Yeah. There's... Yeah. Um, one of the I things I was also... go on. Yeah. yeah, you go for it. I was just gonna say, it, I think mm -hmm. also the whole thing about comparison, right? Mm -hmm. How we compare ourselves with people that we don't even know their journey, and we make yeah. judgment on ourselves based on that, which is crazy, yeah. isn't it? Mm -hmm. It because is we're so crazy or something. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And so I actually took a moment the other day and I was thinking about it just as a businesswoman. And I was like, yeah, I have a long way to go, but man, how much have I learned for the last two years, like just over two years? I'm like, wow, that journey is incredible. You know, I still, cause we forget, that's the thing. We also forget where we're coming from. It's so easy to just go like, yeah, whatever. Just, uh, yeah, you know, that, that was yeah. then, now is now, not there yet. But I think really sometimes it really comes back to that, like appreciate, it's appreciating A, where you come from and then just B, where you are in the moment. Because I think that thing like anxiety and thing, it just comes when we're thinking too much about the future and what we don't have. And happiness really just is this thing in the present moment, which, you know, we can all find things to be appreciative, whether it is within our bodies, like what it's capable of doing, yet appreciate that we have places to go, you know? So... Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. wanted to add that. Yeah, no, that's yeah, great. Sure. Appreciating your body. Go on, Gwinda, yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's just um, it's comparison like to an outcome, which the outcome is a moment in time. The process is what takes uh, like is many, many, many moments. And so if you see an outcome and you're going, shit, and you're comparing yourself to that, that's not... Uh, is missing a massive chunk of the picture. So mm. you want to be able to look at that and go, all right, cool, whatever this person did, I know it takes discipline, I know it takes dedication, I know it takes uh, being okay with challenge, I know these things. So if I, if I want to achieve that, then I gotta be okay with these things as well. So that to me helps put things into a hell of a lot more perspective and then also helps you answer the question, do I actually want this or not <laughs> as well? Mm. And um, yeah, there's again, there's, there's like, there's, there's many things, there's many things that I'm thinking of like concurrently during this conversation. The things you guys are bringing up, I'm like, I've got a million different directions I want to go. But, mm. what, uh, but one of the things I was thinking of was um, actually your the first journey you described, right? You know, you've got to a place where women are inspired by you, everybody else around you is inspired by you, but you're like, I feel like shit in my body. I feel like a fraud. Was there ever a point in that journey? that you actually felt good with it and was it like a was there a point where it just kind of turned and then you didn't realize that actually i don't feel great at all you know that like that whole six months of my life was very unhealthy so 
I think there's more to feeling bad than just my mindset. Like I, I was, you know, I lost my period. I worked 70 hours a week. I had a wow. really pressure job. I slept four, four and a half, five hours a night. It's like there's so much that goes into feeling good about yourself that, you know, you can't just go, oh, it's just your mindset. Like we have to look at what's going on in your entire life in order for you to feel good. So there's so many factors that actually plays a role to why I felt so bad about myself, because who will feel good when you live a life like that? No one would like you burn mm -hmm. out. And that was the thing. I was feeling the burnout. Um, and then going through like these hormonal changes of losing my period. And obviously mm -hmm. that's, that itself is, it's a strange thing to go through. Cause then all of a sudden you also realize that, Technically, I'm not a woman anymore because I don't, yeah, I don't produce any estrogen. You know, I took a blood test and I had like less estrogen than a postmenopausal woman straight after my prep. Wow. Um, wow. So, how does that feel? So, how does that feel uh, in your body? Does it, does it, I mean, that it just, just must feel really strange. I think again, it comes back to you, you, you get so, your body adapts to whatever it goes on all the time. Mm. So it still felt kind of normal, but I always felt shit. So shit was my normal. Um, right. But then also, because I'm so, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily like this feminist girl, but I am pro female empowerment and what it takes to be a woman and what healthy means. And, and so there I was at the lowest of my low in all aspects in life. And I lost mm. the thing that made me a woman, really. Like a period is the thing that makes a woman or like the ovaries are. Sure. And I, it was kind of just this thing, like, what am I doing to myself? I'm not loving myself when I'm treating myself this way. So it was this thing of like, we, I'm not doing any of this out of self-love. Like all of this is just destructive. Yeah, I look great. To what, to what sacrifice? Mm. So that was the thing. It was like a catalyst to so many other thoughts like but how do I want to be as a coach as a person as a as a friend you know so it, it became so much more of like I guess a, a crisis in myself because I realized that I wasn't taking care of myself I wasn't doing anything out of respect for my own body and that was a hard realization and again I felt like a victim because I I didn't think that I had choices but I did always have a choice um mm. So there, of course, to answer your question, there's so many things that makes one feel bad. It's not just, hey, my mind, my thoughts are negative. It's like, why are your thoughts negative? What are, the, what are the factors that plays a role into having a healthy mind? Well, obviously hormones are huge, brain chemicals, huge, sleep, huge. So, you know, there are many factors that plays a role, but it was manifesting in, in, in a bad mindset. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, because yeah. the question was like, um, was there ever a point during that journey? Did it feel good to be on that journey? But I guess with that description of what those six months were like, is it? It just were you quite detached from how you were feeling essentially? I think the cool thing was because I've never in my life actually dieted before, and I I respected myself for the discipline that I could show. Because again, I managed to get shredded. Yeah, I was binging every other night. So I don't know how I got shredded, but you know what I mean? But it's the, the discipline of going through torture was, it was a fantastic thing to realize that you can do so much. You don't have to feel good. You just got to keep going if it's important or if you, if you feel forced enough or if you're, it's important enough. And for me, it was this thing of at the time I was the only woman. Um, I always felt like I had so much to prove. 
Uh, and right. from and I don't know, but I think a lot of women that will listen to this, they feel that they over, they often have to be twice as good to have the same amount of uh, like rewards or feeling like they're getting the recognition that they want. So I always mm. felt like I needed to prove myself in so many ways to the point of my destruction. So, but yeah, so I did feel like in your face kind of thing at the end of it because I I was not in a good place, but I still managed to suffer and get to the end goal. Mm. So yeah, I learned that I, <clears throat> sorry, that I have a lot of, you know, I, I can do whatever I want to, or whatever I put my mind into, whether even if it is good or bad, like to my destruction or because I want to, that I learned that discipline mm -hmm. I have when I want to put it in there like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is huge. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. huge. That is yeah. huge. It's, it's like, yeah, you took yourself to that level to know that, okay, I can always, if I ever have to, I've got an extra gear that I can, I can tap mm. into. And that's, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's a lot. I can serve you really, really well now that you know how to do it in that healthy, healthy way, you know, making it serve you. Um, what, uh, one of the things when you said that, like, um, you, you talked about being the only female and like wanting to feel like you had to prove yourself. So there was that perception of, I need to prove myself in this crowd of, in this crowd of men. It, made, it got me thinking about um, body image in culture, right? And body image in like what men, might perceive to be uh, uh, what is ideal body image for them, what females mm -hmm. perceive to be ideal body image for them. And like generally speaking, what it looks like is for men, it looks like you know, being muscular and being bigger is what they perceive is ideal body image and like being lean with that. With women, it's associated with thinness, you know, just being mm -hmm. lean, being thin, not necessarily like muscular or anything, but being, being thin. And what I find interesting about that is like, you know, the extremes that that gets taken to where, okay, like there's a, there's an evolutionary basis for this stuff. There's clearly a psychological basis uh, for all this stuff. There's a cultural basis for all of this. And the culture has been um, with, with women is going towards things. And uh, for men, there's going towards that more muscular build and leanness and but the interesting thing is, is like, so from an evolutionary perspective is like, okay, why are we doing this? Like this sexual selection is natural selection. Um, there's, um, so the idea that if I am this way, then I will be attractive to the opposite sex. But then it goes beyond that as well, because to my mind, I don't think like, you know, most guys think of say that supermodel look, which a lot of, um, which gets pushed a lot, that super thin look is actually what most guys want. And then on the flip side, that super muscular, super lean guy is not what most women want. And so where does mm -hmm. like, so at, it's kind of like at what point does it become the, like become an obsession, which is unhealthy and where, how to, how to like, from your point of view, cause for me, I'm going to end up having a lot more questions about this kind of stuff than I have mm -hmm. answers to it because it's just fascinating. It's so complicated. It's so multifactorial, um, multivariate. There's just so much shit going on. And the three things that I mentioned, evolution, psychology, and culture are just a few different aspects of it. So what I wonder is, um, at what point, 
why did what yeah how did we start to think that this is what the opposite sex wants and then beyond that um how did we think that this is the ideal way to compete with our uh, with intersex competition so within ourselves as well because there's clearly something there to it as well when it starts becoming beyond what the what you think the opposite sex wants it's also to do with how you position yourself in within your own sex Open Emily, do you want to take it? No, I can take it. Um, so I think, first of all, we're conditioned to never be satisfied. And I think that's just an evolution thing. You know, we're never going to hit that ceiling because the ceiling always gets pushed further away. So you're never actually going to be that state where you think that you need to go because you realize that it didn't make you any happier. Right. So if we, if we look at like the happiness equation, so part is that to just realize that we will always be striving and we will never just stop and be happy. Yeah, I mean, we can be we can stop and be happy, but it's a very flailing moment until we go, what's the next thing? whether it's body composition or work or relationship or travel or whatever mm. it is. Right. But there's always going to be that. Right. What's next? So I think that's part of it. And then going, all right, this didn't make me any happier. So what will make me happier, right? And, and But I do think this conditioning as well, like as Jude said, you know, there is a certain stereotypical standard within Pilates. There's mm. a certain stereotypical standards within, I don't know, football. There's sort of, there, there are right, yeah. general rules with what is acceptable for different yeah well, sports and, and, and circumstances. And I think for me, I just ended up in a very much bodybuilding uh, environment, which, which is funny because I end like, and I, just, I think this has always been me. I've never compared myself to women in that sense. I always compare myself to men. So for me, it was always getting more muscular. It was always getting bigger. Uh, it's really freaking hard and I'm still working on it. But so I think the mental conditioning comes from the circumstances, like the environment that you're in. And for me, it's always been boys. Like I compare myself to boys all the time, which is obviously not very productive because I'll never be a boy. But this is, I think, why I get a lot of, let's say, quote unquote, male energy in my how I how I am, what how I how I operate um, and why people call me tomboys or I'm a feminist because I speak my mind, like, because I have, I may be a bit more of a, an aggressive uh, forefront way of Do people say that to you, we, Emily? Do people say that to you? They say yeah. oh, you're a feminist. Mostly boys would, yeah, mostly boys with small egos, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> my old boss used to call me that I was a feminist and a tomboy, and I was like, why do you say that? I'm just curious. Why does he, you know, why is he, it... What right does he have? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Can you give a which makes it. Yeah, because I'm, you know, like I have a lot of opinions and I voice them. <laughs> that was kind of his answer. I'm like, yeah, cool. If that makes me a man, then of course that's gonna, you know, that's great if you think that. But I just see it wow. as me harnessing one side of me, which is strength. Um, so for me, if we're going to go back to body image as well, I've had to go into looking at what does my feminine side look like? Who is she? What does she, what does she bring to the table? Because I used to always judge her and go, 
she's weak, she's too emotional, she's this. Uh, if if I if I act like her, no one is going to listen because who's going to listen to a woman? So it's been mm. a lot of realizations throughout. Like actually, yeah, you can harness all of these energies, and then actually, why I think right now my body image is solid, it's because I know who I am. Both both of them, I am both male and female energy, and I appreciate both of them, and I can pull on them whenever. Whereas before I used to be always male, 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 and it has to be beast mode and good and, you know, be the best. And so, yeah, I think, I don't even know how I drifted off to this like side thing, yeah, but cool. um, but just harnessing that you are this person with all of these qualities and they're all really important and they make you who you are. Like you're composed of this, these qualities which if I really think when we have issues is when we're trying to either suppress parts of us that we think it's again, yes. it's a subjective thing. We think that they're not good, but they're super important. So would you yeah. say that you've softened a little bit in, in the years that you've kind of been working on yourself? Like you said before that you, you kind of, you know, were quite, you know, beast mode, beast mode. Do you feel like you've softened and, like you say, got in touch with your, I suppose, feminine side a little bit more. Would you say that that's, that's what's happened as you've, you've gone through this journey? Yeah, I would say so. And I think it is the whole thing of, of acceptance, right? Yeah. Um, to be like that, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and also just reframing what it means to have the quality of being emotional. I used to think it was a negative thing, Whereas now I think it's the most powerful thing that you can have to feel your emotion and oh to be able to God. connect with people. So yes. it's it's been a journey of reframing what things mean to you so that they all of a sudden becomes these superpowers that you feel like you have instead of this baggage that is just like something that you want to hide. And, 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 you know, whenever you suppress, which I'm sure you can then testament, I didn't know that you, you know, with alcohol, like anything you suppress, I used to do it with mm. sugar. You know, for me it was food and sugar. So... So I would not want to feel my stuff. So I would take on sugar, mostly chocolate. <laughs> um, and there was always a sense of dissonance. Yeah, exactly, the good stuff. Um, but it was always a sense of dissonance in my body because I realized, you know, we, we intuitively, subconsciously, we already know that we're doing yeah. things. We don't want to address something. But consciously, it's way easier to go for whatever you go for is your vice or your vir or your vice um, than to actually feel it. Um, but that was the defining moment for me when I realized I, I'm actually doing a lot of suppression of, of my emotions, which I'm not willing to do anymore. And it transformed how I communicate and how I then can sit with my emotion and go, actually, I feel something, it's just feedback. And Let's that's really something. important. Yeah. Yeah, but let's go back to Gurinder's uh, question. Do you still have it in your, <laughs> in your <laughs> mind? Because I felt like I drifted yeah. far away from that question. <laughs> yeah, that was that was interesting though. You, yeah, you started with it, but um, is essentially yeah the the images of like men being muscular and lean and women the thinness. Like, there's the cultural reasons for that. There's evolutionary reasons for why potentially. Um, that ends up happening like psychological reasons is one of the things i was thinking of was okay at what point is it um again you can take it how you want and like kind of riff off of it 
But it's like there's looking a certain way, presenting yourself in a certain way to appeal to the opposite sex. But then it also seems like with body image, it goes quite far where it's like the, the thing I raised was most guys would say they're not interested in like that thinness look. And most women would say they're not interested in that big muscular lean look. So why, like what ends up taking it that far? Like uh, from, uh, and yeah, essentially what ends up taking it that far? I think like the things you've touched on there as well is like how you feel within yourself, what you're not uh, addressing about yourself and you can, can push into that. Um, but the, you know, we can zoom out and have a look at it from a bigger picture as well as like, you know, culturally, where does that come from? Um, social media is something you touched on as well. We could go deeper into that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Like, tell me what you, tell me what you think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I do think, you know, the subliminal messages everywhere telling us that we should be something. Yeah. It's the biggest thing, right? It's subliminal. It's always there. Um, it's in commercials, it's in social media, like now it's everywhere. So mm. it, it has a huge role in how we think that we need to be. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's fucked if we put it that way. So yeah, I was, I was just going to say like with social media and listening to you, uh, at the beginning of the podcast, just how many influencers are potentially feeling like that and not feeling their best and caning their bodies, right? And then portraying this image to younger girls, to women of all ages in particular, and they feel shit about themselves. And, and even recently I read one influencer, she posted a kind of recent picture and then a picture of her a couple of years ago when she was like at the height of her, uh, she looked very muscular, very, very little. And she had all these books coming out about recipes and cooking. And she's now kind of backtracked and said, I wasn't in my best frame of mind then. I wasn't eating very well. I was having a really hard time. And it's like, whoa, it's like, I think there's so many influence out there that aren't feeling their best and they're, you know, portraying this image. And, and how do we feel about that? I think potentially that could be quite dangerous to so many people because they're like because I I felt it over the years it's like oh god I don't look like that and I don't think I ever look like that so mm. it's uh yeah. and and they don't feel that great and potentially they're not eating brilliantly and they're overtraining and and this is what they're peddling on social media to sell books and their lifestyle it's kind of dangerous I, I think there's a lot of depth to that which we mm. don't know as well like what yeah. sort of pressure does one have in mm. order to have to look a certain way it's not even like how do i want to present myself to make other people like me it's like what pressure do i feel to look that way so that i get taken serious so that i get you know so there is definitely like a two-way thing it's like hey I'm, mm. I'm here and i want to put out things and i want to inspire people but then it is really like now people expect me to be this way. Um, so it's super hard, you mm. know, because it is that. And then also not knowing publisher deals, like we don't actually know like management, like we don't mm. know the pressure that someone might have that is not a one man band. It's, I think, you know, as soon as you have someone, if you start having people that you work with or work for or who, who you employ, like all of a sudden it becomes this thing that you are actually your business. 
And for if we're talking fitness people, like my my body is like my brand, right? In a way, mm-hmm. I'm trying hard to move away from there. It's been a long journey because I was always the body transformation coach, whereas now I'm not just that because it's just a smart part. It's just a small part of it. Um, but there's definitely a sense of will people listen if not this standard, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, will people take me serious in a world that's so saturated unless I stand out. Um, And it is, it's hard. And I think that comes back to insecurities as well, you know, and then, yeah, but it's, it's super difficult. Um, Yeah. So this is why, like, I I try to move away from, you know, I mean, I still post, sorry, I, I still post pictures of my leanness because I don't know why even, because I think that's what people want to see, but I actually don't mm. think that maybe that's what people want to see. So, um, but I try to always be truthful in a way. Like I always try to be honest in like how I feel. I try to, I don't want to portray myself as a perfect human being. I actually really don't want people to think that I have this perfect body all the time. So I, I mm. yeah, it, yeah. It's and yeah, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> no, I get it, and I think the vulnerability is really important as well. Like people sharing how they feel on social media, and that vulnerability is great. Um, and and I think everyone appreciates that. It's like, and 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 it is. It's like uh, this was me, and now and now it's here, and now I ha- this is how I feel. And I think that's that's great. And people respond more to that kind of thing than. I don't know, airbrush photo and, and just a caption that maybe isn't that real. So I think that's lovely that you share your vulnerability. But I think that's also the sad thing about, you know, marketing is like, well, not that I'm saying sex, but like skin cells. So it's, 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 it really is like, what do you say? The hen and the egg, like where, where do you start change when the thing that actually gets the message out is the thing that you're trying to not have a message about. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky because yeah. will people really will people really see when I post something on like my I don't know about my pet yeah, people actually like pet 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 pictures and yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like <laughs> it is really hard because you're trying to get a message out about body image and what self love is and what authenticity is mm. yet no it's so much harder to reach an audience if it doesn't have skin on mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. it's hard. I think especially now when you like maybe if you have thousands and thousands of followers and and it's taking I don't know luck or time or whatever for you to get there but for for most of us like mere mortals just trying to get it you know day to day working you know it is hard um so yeah there's definitely conflicts inside of me sometimes mm. like hey, should I really be posting all of this or should I be posting something else and and then you see, like, and it is, it is like this dopamine thing. You see, oh, this one got so many likes and this one only got so many likes. And, you know, so it is very much a mind game in terms of, of that as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. I think one, one thing that comes to mind is, um, is what Jude said. is like, you know, so authenticity, essentially, is like if you can do that with authenticity, then that can, that can shine through. Mm. There's, um, there's a big lack of that what you see in that in that sphere as well um okay so with okay like let's let's take the conversation to like weight loss as well because 
Yeah, clearly that's a big part of, uh, needless to say, it's a big part of the um, body image conversation. And like when you, when you dive into it really, like what is weight loss actually associated with? Like there's the image aspect, which is, you know, essentially people are getting told all around them like they don't look good for the way that they currently are if they're overweight or obese. And, um, you know, being made to feel bad about that, taking it inwards, internalizing it and saying, okay, I'm a shit human being. And then the goal is to, the goal is to lose weight and it's it's uh and so that's 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 essentially what they're thinking the goal is like i need to lose weight because i'm in a bad spot and i don't like how i actually look and um i need to change that but um for me that's still like that's actually kind of surface level you know is uh, so one way i look at it is okay you want to do that but why is it important to you really tell me on all the different aspects of your life like whether it's family uh, like social uh, your own physical uh, health your own mental health your own ability to do things essentially how is it actually affecting you and when it comes down to it is what I tend to find you uncover the layers and it comes down to I actually just want to feel good I actually want to be able to use my body I actually want to feel a bit athletic I want to be able to like climb stairs without feeling like I'm um, running out of breath and then the question is okay well if you were still the same weight that you are now and you still uh, so, still the same weight still the same look but you could do all those things how important is that body image to you now you know so it's it's so it's convoluted right it's complicated it's like is it actually as important could you um could you actually stay could you look this way that you do now but you have all those things that you're actually looking for and you have that confidence in your body because you can do the things you want are you still worried about the way that you look or do you now own the way that you look and you feel really good right so that's that's a question and like and you know on the surface you've got the health at every size movement and on the surface is like especially in the fitness industry there's a massive reaction to it which is you know mm. you can't tell me that this is actually this is healthy so okay if we unpack it if we look at overweightness and, and obesity it's like okay it's highly correlated with metabolic ill health i.e you know you, you got high blood pressure your heart's not working great you respiratory system is not great you all of those different kinds of things um it's really heavily associated with it but it's not actually causative right so we actually need to get our head around that fact it's not actually causative because you do get people who are what considered overweight and uh, maybe even obese but they're metabolically healthy so but they're metabolically healthy and there's a group of those people who are owning that uh, health and they feel good within their bodies and they don't actually care that uh, their body is not uh, uh, converging on the norm what people think is what people actually think is healthy so there's um there's there's like a there's like a lot going on with that and tie that into again the cultural thing of how we've blended towards like in a lot of ways without even realizing this model of thinness and you know there's paintings from like the 1800s 1700s mm. and even up to like you know like marilyn monroe era which was like you know that voluptuous look and like voluptuous can probably there's probably a bit of a spectrum there as well um essentially more curvy women to what how curvy to what extent was considered 
um, attractive in the past. We don't know, but um, I'm not entirely sure about that. But uh, but there is it was never just thinness, right? So it was this spectrum of what is what is attractive, and it, there were other periods in time where it was this, and then from um, like, you know, personally, if I'm looking at a dude who is, you know, aspirational in terms of the physique that they're holding, you've got someone like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, right? And then uh, yeah. me and my me and my friend were talking about this. And if you look at him as uh, Wolverine in X-Men in 2000, and then, you know, in X-Men Origins Wolverine, I think it was basically 2015, 2014, 2015. It's like two completely different bodies, and what's interesting is, is like I, anybody does this is if you just like look up, uh, like Google it or something, or an images like Hugh Jackman before and after. You look at the one in two thousand, you look at the one of him in like twenty fifteen, and you're like, that is a wildly different body. And within fifteen years, what you aspire to has changed as well, mm -hmm. and it kind of it blew by you. You didn't even realize that you were being taught or like in your environment, you're looking at this um, Adonis of a body. And uh, 15 years prior to that, what would now be considered like this person is just getting hired for a basic role in the movie. They're not the superstar, mm. you know, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. And uh, without even noticing it, but only through hindsight, I've looked at it and gone, yeah, that's completely changed um, the, uh, the idea of the ideal body image for a dude as well. So it's, um, it happens very quickly. It can happen under the radar. And then it gives you things to aspire to, which goes back to the thing about you're not even sure whether you want to aspire to that thing. And then also uh, you have to really take into deep consideration trying to shed everything about society and what it's telling you and being like, hey, what do I actually want? Do I actually... Uh, do I actually need that? And uh, so, you know, it's, you know, I've taken a few different things there and like kind of lumped it together, but essentially the idea of weight and its association with body image. And if you actually feel good at the weight that you're at and you're metabolically healthy, does it even matter to you whether you have um, what is considered, you know, uh, what is considered to be overweight? Um, and that shift of um, the ideal and where does like where should we place ourselves on the spectrum like how important is that how important is that ideal really <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean Take a i think <laughs> if someone is metabolically healthy and slightly overweight and they love how they look that's the that's what we want regardless if they're overweight or not overweight like looking being healthy and feeling good in your body, that is the ultimate goal. Yeah. Regardless if it is a bit curvier, like I was never fortunate to have curves, hence why I started training because I wanted to have curves. So I thought I need to create them, right? So um, had I been more of a curvy girl with like luscious hips and, you know, maybe I would have gone a different route about how I mm. felt about my body. I think every girl or adolescent woman will still feel shit about her body regardless if she had the perfect body or like not perfect body whether she had yeah. curves or no curves that it's the evolution of mind of you have to go through a patch where you question everything about yourself because mm. i don't know why actually but you know it, it just is any anyone girl or guy will have had their fair shares of insecurities that were unvalidated <laughs> for mm. whatever reason right 
Um, but, and I think you've just touched on something important there as well. Like, you know, the individual differences in bodies is like, yeah. it's vast. So it's That's like, if you're, yeah. Yeah. if you're somebody who is like, even between the two of you, you've got a different body type, like yeah. on the face of it, people might not see that, but there is, there is a difference there. And difference, uh, then you've yeah. got somebody who's got like, you know, wider hips, for example, is like, you shouldn't like, you shouldn't be aiming for thinness because if you try, you're, you're going to that's unhealthy it's going to happen to your health yeah, yeah. so it's like that's a, that's a key thing is like uh, i think m maybe more emphasis on understanding body type and like you know what your body what your body structure is and your mm -hmm. own um, morphology if you start to understand that then you can make better choices around what is actually suitable for the image that you have for the but image I think that you want sorry you're nailing it then like you have to accept the things you can't change like structure yeah. mm. And then work on the things that you want to change, which is fine. You know, it's yeah. okay to want to change something. And like, I still want to change my physique, not mm. because I feel like I need to, but because I feel like it's, it's good. It's a challenge. It's, you know, it's yeah. evolution. It's me trying, it's me growing, it's me pushing myself, right. Which translates into everything else that I do, but I can't structurally, structurally change anything. Um, yeah. So that's huge, you know, just to be able to accept, like I have, there's certain parts of me which will never change. I mean, I, we can questionably talk about like, you know, all the surgery that people have these days. Mm -hmm. We can't actually it's change fine. anything, actually. Yeah. But, you know, again, and I have nothing against like cosmetic surgery at all, but the question is why do we have them? Mm -hmm. uh, it's because we're not happy. I think, fine, have cosmetic surgery if it's going to make you happier because, you know, there are, and again, there can be many reasons why people have them, but to think that it's going to solve the intrinsic feeling of happiness, it might make you feel more confident, yes, but if there is a deep-rooted issue that you believe is going to be solved by an external change, that's the thing that might be negative, right? So, um, yeah. Gosh, you said so much good stuff in there, Gee, that I don't even know where to like go from there. Um, yeah, it's like, um, okay, so where would it start from? Like thinness, uh, voluptuous, um, you, you just you know, brought up individual body differences. Um, what else was that, Jude? Help me out. <laughs> but I, I, I can't I can, go, yeah. on, go on, carry on. <laughs> No, I was just thinking also, you know, why does it change? And the, I think yes, the reason why it change, yeah, that was it's it. because it was like there's always going like, to be kind of like that under like changing very quickly without us even noticing it. I gave that Hugh Jackman example. Yeah, hmm. because I think it comes back to it again, like polarization is how you come, like you get a message across. If you're yeah. changing the That's norm, true. someone, then people are going to notice. It doesn't matter if it is body or if it's politics or if it is, you know, keto or vegan. Like, it doesn't matter if you have a strong opinion and if you try and change something that's current, um, mm. it's going to have an effect because you're loud and you're different, right? So yeah. I think from evolution, like, we had these really beautiful curvy women and then all of a sudden we went into, like, the, what do we call it, like, the heroin cheek, you know, oh. where, where all these supermodels <laughs> died from anorexia because that was the thing. And then all of a sudden we're into more fitness. But now it's more like the whole body positive and we should be curvy. But it's, like, to the detriment to many people's health because now mm. it's, like, just because, you know. Mm. So polarization is the thing that is going to change. In Like, it changes 
society because all of a sudden it's more we want to we, we want to have a new movement right okay what's the opposite of fitness okay we go that way okay what will be the opposite we're probably going to go back to some starvation at some point because mm, it's going to be cool again yeah so yeah, yeah. we're just going to ride it this way <laughs> ride it's it interesting it's interesting that it's it's kind of era dependent and that what's going on in the media in particular what's going on in fashion often dictates how we're how our body image is like that hair and cheek I remember it I was quite young at that mm. time and I remember thinking there's no way I can look like that um but I think I tried I actually think I tried to to look like that and I was actually uh, a musician at the time and I and this just popped into my head as you were talking it's like my music teacher at the time was like <laughs> you need to lose some weight and cut your hair and get rid of your glasses because you're going to be on stage and you need to be able to 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 project and and, and project an image and I remember that quite I remember thinking oh, I, 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 yeah uh 16 17 um yeah, yeah. yeah um it was meant it was meant well and it was meant from a good place of you know I, I was a bit overweight probably for my body type and and everything like that um but I think the pressure was quite immense uh to to put on a young a young you know a teenage girl to look better I think that was the message that I got that I just need to look better. And I think I took that and I ran with it. And, and sorry, just going back to how our media definitely has an influence, like what's going on in fashion will definitely influence what women at the moment or teenagers in particular will be doing with their bodies. Um, and I think it is nice that we're having this movement towards maybe a more healthy body image, but I totally agree with you, Emily. I think for the sake of it, no, I think we should be just working with our body type and, and you know, achieving what we can achieve as well, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I think also the like, focus, yeah. Yeah, it's just going beyond, like, uh, it's understanding, like, essentially, what does it actually mean? Digging deeper into mm. what your body average represents about yourself and uh, then finding out yes. that actually it's not necessarily about if we're talking weight it's not necessarily about the weight it's about function it's about how i feel yes. within myself and then and and what's what's great about it is is like um, you know doing things that are healthy for you generally yes. will mean that you end up shedding any excess body fat anyway so you know focus on that and not only do you feel good and feel kind of good at any well there's a spectrum again is like you, you have uh, like one of the things I wanted to bring up was like, you know, setting yourself the right parameters, but I'll, I'll essentially I'll, I'll mm. delve into that later on if it comes up again. But it's just the idea that, you know, you, you have your own, like once you realize that and that starts to happen, you kind of have your own version of like your, 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 like where you're happy with uh, yourself in yes. terms of you know, like what range of um the way you look you're happy with you know when you start to get to a point where uh you're like okay there's also because it's, it's not to say that body image doesn't come into it at all right your own reflection it's a reflection like you said earlier it's a reflection of who you are and um it's a reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself and so basing it on that and that alone 
if you're at a certain weight or you're looking a certain way where you're like, okay, I'm kind of letting myself go. It's, it's indicative of me losing discipline, me um, not being in line with my values is me um, kind of letting stresses of life take over. Then if you, and, and then using it as a marker to realize that actually there's other shit going on with me. So if I start to fix that stuff up, then I'm mm -hmm. going to not be overweight. I'm going to look the way that I want to look. And is um, and for me that kind of like um, it, it takes me to another thing, which is you know the reason why, say for example, like someone like The Rock, you know, is um, is is admired. You know, is like admiration is there because you see somebody sculpting their body, you see somebody working on their body, and you're looking at it as like there's discipline attached to that. It's work ethic. It's you setting a goal for yourself and trying to achieve it. It's attainment. It's um, uh, it's it's all those virtues of a human being kind of being uh, put into that process and but no one thinks that about somebody who's overweight about somebody who's obese you're not going to look at that person and, and be admiring them because you're like hey you know they've clearly put a lot of effort into this or there's discipline no yeah. you're looking at it from the other side of things as well there's the idea that there is a lack of discipline here and uh, so these are all like the subconscious things that are going on when you're seeing that kind of image so it's like okay you're seeing one side which is somebody who's in shape and you're associating it with whether you understand it or not with all those things like discipline hard work ethic and uh, attainment and achievement and all those virtues and then but when you look at somebody who's overweight um you're looking at them as lazy you're looking at them as like lacking discipline you're looking at them as uh, all these other like devices of being human being and and uh, so it's it's just kind of it's kind of I feel like that's also partly ingrained as well, you know. It's uh, uh, whether that's a societal thing, whether that's a biological thing, probably a combination of the two. But um, but I think that's also tied into it as well. That's why again it becomes a complicated thing to address, because should you be a certain weight based on what it represents about yourself as well? So I got to know what uh, what kind of comes up for you guys when you hear some of that stuff a lot of things comes up <laughs> yeah. so the first thing i thought about is which i think is an important thing i think we need to learn how to separate we need to learn how to separate our bodies from who we are mm. in terms of as a person now my body is the direct translation of my virtues and my disciplines and my my actions on a daily basis over the course of my lifespan but me as a person is not less worthy because and i think it's a very important realization to go i can look a certain way but i am still me mm -hmm. right yeah. for me when i when i look at that I mean, that was a huge thing, you know, I look at myself being super lean and I look at myself being normal and I'm the same person, you know, mm. and it's, that's, the, that's the important thing to realize is just the, the core of you doesn't change regardless of if you change. But it, I, as you say, how you look is just what you have done. And your choices but you aren't you you are not your choices your choices are they can be habitual they can be whatever but your choices will just be the representation of the body that you have 
And obviously the successes that you have in your life, in business or in relationships, like those are your choices, but they're not necessarily like who you are as a person. And I think that's, I think that's an important distinction to make because if I were to then look like if we just, I go, if I don't look as my prime, does that mean that I'm less disciplined now? No, it means that my priorities have shifted because I still have that quality of discipline and uh, achievement or whatever. It's just my, it's somewhere else, right? I need to put some charge in here. So take over. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think something that came to mind when Emily was talking actually is there's also, it's different life stages as well, isn't it? So mm. at different life stages, there's gonna be, you're gonna have a different approach to your body as well. Um, I'm a mother, I've been through uh, pregnancy and birth and that changes your body and and I think you also soften from that and you know what your body's capable of and and don't get me wrong as a new mum I was desperate to get my body back but um I knew that it would take time and I was very very kind to myself at that time to make sure that I didn't push and, and you know starve myself and um so I guess my point is it's just that different life stages will have an impact on how you approach yourself and your body. And, and I hear, I teach so many new mums and they're just so, there's that dopamine response of, I just want to get my body back. I just want to get back. I just want to get back. And, and I just, I hope that when they come into the sessions that it's like, let's, let's bring your body back into a, a, a space that it can then go and do that, you know? And I think, I think there's real societal pressure um, on women at many stages, but especially after birth to get their body back because so-and-so in the celebrity media has brought their body back really, really quickly. And, and if there's a message I could just send out to anyone, it's like, just take your time and enjoy that moment and try not to look at what so-and-so has done because they may well have had some surgery. Um, and, and, you know, do it slowly because actually that's really important to do the rehab slowly to get your body back because your body will thank you for years down the line rather than just starving yourself and making it go back as quickly but there is huge amounts of pressure on you I think to bring your body back um did you did you see the the Beyonce one when she did her comeback? I think six months after giving birth to her twins or something. Was she so back? Was she she was back. I mean, she oh. looked incredible. But like the thing is, but she, she obviously people probably only see what they want to see, and now they're going to see. Oh, but she could do it. I'm going to do it. A okay, look at her resources and mm. uh, what she had available to her. But if you actually look at, she talks about it. And she said, I will never do this to myself again. Because no. she was yeah. starving and she was training hours yeah. and hours a day. And she missed the time with her baby, which is so important. Yeah. And that's and, heartbreaking. You know, yeah. So the, the trade-offs for it, there's always trade-offs yeah. for anything. Yes. And that's, that's you have to be, to, yeah, you need to be willing to go, okay, what are the trade-offs? Am I willing to sacrifice it? Yeah. You know, yeah. for me, a single girl living on my own, having abs could be an easy trade-off. Like it's easy because I don't have other people relying on me and I, you know, I make my own choices. Like this, it's for me to say everyone should go and have abs because I can have abs. It's like, no, mm -hmm. that's, that's 
sometimes like, I think I think everyone can have abs, but you have to yes. have a realistic expectation on yourself and where you are in your life before yes. you judge and say I can't have it, or before you say I'm not good enough for it. It's like no, you mm-hmm. just have to have a realistic expectation of what it's going to take and be okay with the journey that's going to be there, and then also always have that conversation: Am I willing to sacrifice everything? for a quick results or am i willing to just go at it at a slow pace where i feel like i have balance i enjoy myself i don't have to say no to the people i love all the time um and can i be cool with that and just go yeah i can let me let let it take a year or two that's completely fine but yeah yeah. and i think it's about having the right people sorry go on um no yeah having the right people um, yeah, I was just going to say, um, having the right people around you to say things like that is hugely important mm. because if you haven't, um, you're going to feel the pressure more. That was all I was going to say. It's just like yeah. having people say it's okay mm-hmm. to take yeah. that time and to have take one, two years to get to your yeah. goal. That's really important yeah. rather than yeah. looking online and knowing that it's a quick fits and I can do it. It's, no, just have the right people around. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, um, well, there's a couple of things. The first thing was the, uh, have you guys ever watched that show? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. No, it's basically the, the guy who created the show is also a character on the show as well, um, uh, Rob McKelleny. And um, I mean, he's brilliant because like, I think between like season six and seven, um, he put on like 50, 60 pounds of weight, right? To make his character fat. And, uh, and it was like, you did this for your character. It's like, this is incredible. Tell me if and that's then, not discipline though. Right. Yes, that's it. That's, this is right. somebody who's in shape and is like, I need to do this. So he did, he took those disciplined elements and like, all right, I'm just going to eat like there's no fucking tomorrow. And he was doing crazy stuff. Like he was melting down Ben and Jerry's and then putting other stuff in there as well. Because if you could drink it, it's a lot easier than trying to eat the thing. Right? So he had like 4,000 calorie meals, like crazy, crazy shit. But then fast forward a few years, and I think in like for season 11, the guy got absolutely shredded. Like he just got jacked to wow. the tits. And because um, and, he's a funny dude, so on his Instagram, he made a point about how he went about doing it. And he's like, guys, I mean, look at me. I look amazing. Why don't you do this? All it took was six to, uh, training six times a week, twice a day with a personal trainer that was paid for by the studio and having <laughs> six, to, six, yeah. to eight meals, uh, uh, six to eight meals prepared for me by a chef and all I had to do was eat the stuff. What, what's so difficult? Why can't you do it? You know, he is like in that, like, uh, that kind of yeah. facetious kind of way was making a point of this is how hard it is. And even though I've had this kind of setup, I've had the resources where I don't have to worry about a fucking thing. I'm still constantly thinking about food. I'm still constantly thinking about, I need to stay shredded. I need to focus on what I look like in this scene. All that kind of stuff is like, it does like, you have to understand the trade-off that gets made to get to into that in, into that position then you got like chris pratt for guardians of the galaxy and if anybody knows chris pratt you know he just likes to be mm. a little bit tubby you know he's just a bigger heavier set dude and mm. he got jacked for playing guardians of the galaxy but he was doing funny things where he was making videos about the snacks that he was allowed to eat on his oh, that's right that's Do you right remember that? i remember it yeah, was yeah, so yeah. funny as well because and it was a shit snack as well it wasn't anything <laughs> decent because I He's got like 16 hour working days, like making, uh, making movies. And then in between scenes, he's like, oh, it's, it's like 8.03 PM. That means I can finally get to eat 
and uh, he just he has this snack which is like 150 calories just uh... in, in plastic wrapping and he's just making a video of him unwrapping it and then he's like just inhales the thing in whole and just like oh god that was so good and he can't wait for the next one right and that's it that's all he gets that's all he gets and like he has to wait another four hours before he eats again and it was not even a good snack it's like some like dry dry mouth like sandpaper thing whatever the hell it would be yeah but, but it's like but if again, you deep like, into you gotta, diet yeah. <laughs> if you deep into it it's the best meal you've ever had but it's, yeah uh, honestly it's it's but that's the point being is like the trade-offs that get made you know these guys have made that point in a funny way and that's nice it's light hearted light hearted but if you look at it it's like how far are you willing to go and how much of a priority but is it to you to go that far also these people that we compare ourselves to they're most likely getting paid for being who they are yeah. being in the shape that exactly. they are so yeah. They are being paid to look a certain way, which means that they have a they get resources and they they get paid to go to the gym, to sleep, to eat well. Like yeah. it, so it, we have to be good at distancing ourselves from what we see and go, okay, cool. What what would my circumstance allow me to do? Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I'm not getting paid for this. I work full time job. I have kids. I you know, I do volunteering on the weekends. You know, whatever it is that you do. And just go, okay, cool. I just accept that it's, I can do whatever I want because A, it's been proven by people that people can get into shape. So anyone in this world can get into shape, but it's just hmm. having the patience and the, and the, it's the commitment to the outcome rather than the quick fix, right? And yes. as you said, this, this word earlier, G, which is surface level solution, you know, hmm. people often think that jumping on this diet, it's going to solve the problem. So going to jump on the next training plan. It's, going to, it's like, no, in order for you to sustainably change, we have to go back in and look at your habits, your daily rituals, how you actually make choices and live your life. Because ultimately that's going to be the rise or the fall of, of your transformation journey, because diet is just diet, it's scientific, you know, but why do people not succeed in sustaining it? It's because they've just went for the solution the, the quick solution, the surface level solution, instead of going, what does it mean for me to change all of this? Um, because that's really, that is really the key. You know, when I, when I sit down with someone first, actually, this is what I say, like, look, we are going to go into the science. I will take on, I will take care of the house and the, and the, and the what's, but in order for us to do this like successfully, we have to go back and, and look at your patterns what you like, what you dislike, what your trends are. And from there, look at who is your 2.0 version? What does it mean to be that person? What does it feel like to be that person? How does that person work and operate? And how? what level of standards does that person have? Because that is the thing that you're going to gravitate towards. It's not necessarily, of course, the diet is the thing that's going to give you the fat loss. But in looking at the greater scheme of things, that's just a little part of what a transformation actually is. Um, and I do think yeah. the people that struggle are the people that just refuses to go and look internally and say, cool, what inside of me needs to change in order for me to actually do this successfully? Because, again, there's proof everywhere that people get shredded. Anyone can get shredded. A, you need the time. You need to be in a caloric deficit, like, sure, and you just need enough time. But why are then people going into this yo-yo relationship and it's because of that because they're 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 going for another surface level solution and another and so yeah yeah 
I thought you had something to say there, Judith. So I pause. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, the oh man, where was it? Self service solution. Yeah. Okay. So, like for both of you as well, what's your experience with people who um, people who want to lose weight, and then what it actually comes down to? Like, does it? How much does the question is? How much does body image actually play into it? when you get into the nitty-gritty of what somebody actually wants. Emily, you should take this one because my work's really, really different. I don't really have the weight loss situation. Um, mm. yeah. Well, I think, again, it comes back to the perception of what skinny feels like in terms of what it's going to do for your emotional state. Uh, again, because that's how we've been given information about, I don't know, skinny is happier, skinny is this, whatever. And I think, as you mentioned before, it's not like, what is it actually going to solve that problem? Like, if you solve the problem without losing the weight, is that the problem? Maybe it still is. And I think being honest and just be like, actually, I want to look different. And that's, that's okay. Mm. Um, without it having to be you need to have a why, right? You need to have a why for wanting to do something. Unless you have a why, you, you're never going to stick to the hardship that comes with actually trying to change, right? Um, so, yeah, a lot of people want to lose weight, but often they are inadequate in their wordings knowing that they actually just want to be happier, which comes. It will come mm -hmm. if you embody the process, right? But I genuinely think that the people who go, well, if people come and work with me, they're, they're going to be happy. They're going to have lost the weight, but it's not why they're happy. They're happy because they showed up for something that they wanted. Mm. They showed that they had these virtues that they might have admired in other people. They showed that it was possible. They might have never thought it was possible in the past. So I really think that, yes, weight loss is important because it might be the thing that you want, but at least when I work with people, they get so much more of what they need that then mm. feeds into get that, that happiness equation again. Um, yeah. 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 There's um, something interesting about it as well, where like, you know, like I said, the friend who I was talking about with it is, um, uh, had some, what he said and like the insight I got from it was really interesting because he's like somebody who's um, with the same height. so he sits comfortably at around 80 kilos give or take a couple and um but he's been as high as about 100 105 and he's been everywhere in between and what's interesting about it is why like f this is a male perspective and this is all um um from his point as well as like he goes weight's never really a thing for me i don't actually notice whether i'm 100 kilos or whether i'm 80 kilos to the extent that the things i still want to do i can still do them like um I'm still physically, uh, I can still stay physically active at those, um, at those weight ranges, those categories. And I can, um, it doesn't affect my life in that way. And so, and you know, he, like, he can sustain metabolic health in that as well. So even though he puts on more fat, he's still healthy in that uh, metabolic way. And he's still able to do the activities that he wants to do. It doesn't hinder him. Um, so that's that's interesting so he doesn't notice it to the extent that 
because it, it doesn't take anything away from what he's able to do on a day-to-day -day basis. But where he starts to notice is like he's got this standard for himself, which is to um, uh, like, okay, if I start to, when I, when I start to relook really at it and I, and I realize that, okay, I'm feeling a bit softer than I want to feel and, uh, and look, then I do something about it. And it's also an indication of, you know, I'm not being as disciplined as I want to be. I'm not eating. I'm just stuffing my face for no reason. So mm -hmm. I just start to do the habits again, which serve me well. And I feel better about those things. And without realizing it, I'll shed the weight. Um, and again, like you said, it's just a matter of time as well. So puts better habits in place and uh, in a matter of time he, he sheds the weight and then he's like, okay, I'm at a range uh, where I feel comfortable with my image again. So what's interesting is that separation from between the image and the function. And so if you can do all the things that you want to do, it's like, okay, I can actually feel pretty decent at these varying weights. I don't worry about how I look, but then you have a certain standard for yourself that you set. You go, okay, well, actually I'm starting to teeter over into the, the standard where I don't want to be, which I consider substandard. So I'm just going to bring myself back in again. And it's an indication of like, you know, where I'm at with my life. And like, you know, me as a personal example of that as well is like, okay, I'm like, you know, I can keep myself in shape without having to think about it too much um, on a um, week to week, day to day, month to month, year to year basis. Like I don't fluctuate heavily with weight because I have pretty clear indications of when I'm not feeling so good. At least I've started to pay attention to them. Like if I start to feel like I'm stuffed, for example, if I feel full and I don't want to, mm -hmm. um, I don't feel like I want to eat for a couple of days. Uh, sorry, if I feel like, if I'm getting that feeling like that for about two, three days on the trot, I'm like, okay, I'm clearly eating too much food now. So I need to rein it back in again, get back into a normal level, just cut out some of the snacks maybe. Um, but I'm also like, I also know what it's like to, to feel that, that kind of that density of uh, doing strength training and how much stronger I feel and how it affects my posture. And, um, and that feeling is represent it, like that image is representing. So like, you know, looking like, you know, uh, like more shredded than I am right now is like, it's representative of that, um, that, sh that density, that strong, the strength that I've gained from it. And I like that. So it's like, I know I'm not there right now and I'm going to put a program in place to get myself back onto, back onto the level and try and sustain it better uh, the next time around. And, um, and so that's where the thing about parameters, which I mentioned earlier, comes into it is like, I think now more than ever with everything we get bombarded with, we have to be quite conscious of where we see ourselves and what is actually healthy for us and what isn't. And uh, noticing that, okay, if I go too far this direction, i.e. if I feel like for me personally, it's like, okay, I'm a couple of kilos away from feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm a bit soft and I'm not strong and, um, and I don't feel good in my body. I feel like I'm just carrying excess, you know, and okay, I'm going to do something about that and bring myself back into range. But then what's the other side of that? It's like, how far is it? Am I, am I constantly thinking about overeating? Am I constantly thinking about training? Um, and um, letting that override my life and like I don't have much room in my mind for other things okay well that's too far on the other end of the scale you know I don't want to I don't care about being that shredded if that's the impact it's going to have on my life so there's these are clear parameters and I think we have to do that nowadays more than ever because like you know there's just so much information that's flooding us whether we pay attention to it or not mm -hmm. about what is ideal and it's like oh we've got to figure out what our own ideal is and just work work towards that definitely it's about awareness isn't it mm, and big time. knowing yourself as well and I, I i and guys tell me what you think but i think 
we as trainers and teachers of health and fitness, maybe we have a tiny bit more awareness than than people that maybe aren't in the health and fitness industry, maybe a bit more awareness. But I think it's that's part of the journey, isn't it? It's to actually advise people to become more aware. And do you think people are less aware? I know, you know, they come to us and they're like, I need your help. Um, but is there that awareness of, oh, I've hit a point where I'm maybe a couple of kilos, kilos over. I don't know. I wonder if people go maybe beyond that because they haven't got that awareness of that equilibrium within their body. And, and what do you think about that? Um, yeah. Just something that came to mind as you were talking. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think that's the answer to all of it. You know, people lack the awareness. No one consciously wants to make themselves sick or, no. you know, you know, so it's a lack of awareness of where you are and how you feel. And that is the thing, you know, it's okay. Like we have these parameters, but I still think that when you are here versus here in that parameter, you're still going to feel better. Mm -hmm. Right. Even if it's a, a slight thing. So there will be like a gradient going and then it's going to keep going. And eventually you're going to maybe feel it more, mm -hmm. but we know that when we have good habits in place, we have good routines, we drink your water, we eat our meals regularly, we have a different level of sharpness and, and, and like just energy in how we, how we are and how we operate, right? So um, yeah, there is a gradient, but awareness, people don't have that awareness because it's not their priority as well. Like we have to see, we always, we always take action according to our highest priority and we work within the space where it's always a conscious thing mm -hmm. and i think we do a lot of yeah. some subconscious bullshit ourselves as well like i'm not perfect mm -hmm. at all you know i have to i'm like celebrating every day i'm not having sugar right now because i realized mm -hmm. like okay but that, that addiction you know is she's she's here she's trying to rule me so now <laughs> i'm like my willpower and, and setting like don't buy it don't don't do it say no um <laughs> So, <laughs> so it's the level of awareness because there was a time I'm like I, I was eating since Easter probably now I'm lying since Christmas <laughs> it's been it's been <laughs> yeah damn. I love that you so put yourself lying to yourself as well that was so good it's like you can see the mechanisms kicking in you're like you, just, you, just, you caught yourself lying to yourself I love that I caught myself lying to myself because you know at at the point of Christmas I obviously I just finished my, my photo shoots in December and then I got caught in lockdown with Corona and, and I had bought all of this chocolate, which was going to come with me to Sweden. And then I was mm. stuck and I was like, okay, I'm just going to eat the chocolate. You know, it's Terry's chocolate orange. Of course I'm oh, going to eat it. You know, okay. yeah, exactly. Right. There's, yeah, there's a part but of that. Like, I'm so glad that you left me with all this chocolate. <laughs> Give it to me. No, but it, it was really strange because in the end, because I kept it like it probably, at least one a day at least mm. and that's a lot of calories especially for someone who's been semi dieting for a little while you know mm. um and but I, I caught myself in the moment of like i'm just eating because the sake of eating so my awareness to what i was doing was gone and sometimes i was like oh i don't really want to eat this and i ate it anyway because i thought oh it's almost finished you know i had the mindset you know yeah, yeah. finished it so, uh, i struggle with the same thing so <laughs> but then you know and you know what it was as well because you don't really necessarily feel the weight coming on you 
It's not something that you feel. And I didn't have a scale at the moment. Like I still, even if I diet or not diet, I don't care what the scale actually says, but I always take my weight because it gives me awareness of what I'm, where I'm doing. Right. Mm. So I came back, I had put on like four, almost five kilos in a month's time, which is 10% of my body weight. I had never been that heavy for like five years. Uh, and so, cause I had no awareness and also I didn't go to the gym. They were close. There was no mirrors. I don't necessarily stand in front of the mirror at home and just like check myself out. It's not really what I do. <laughs> so there was no feedback at all other than, and also I was on my own. So it's like, I'm, I'm sluggish as it is. I'm bored. I like, you know, so there's no like real tangible feedback to how I felt. Um, and I love chocolate. So yeah. And then I came back and I had all of this information. I actually, my scale is saying this, my clothes are saying this, my skin is saying this. Ah, okay, cool. So the awareness then came forward and I was like, okay, now, now I have a conscious, now I have something in my consciousness. Now I have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you don't ever have, like people still don't jump on the scale because they have a bad relationship to the scale, which yeah. I, I get it. I get it because we're conditioned to believe something about number on the scale. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have anything that gives you feedback, how are you going to know? That's how I see it. You know, how are you going to gauge anything without any data to look at, without it being an emotional thing? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's huge. What, what do you rely on, Jude? Like, what's your parameters? Oh, what, to, to see if I'm what just overdoing it and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, we're just kind of just, like, yeah, you're just like, oh, I'm not actually, whether it's, yeah, whether it's body, yeah. whether it's uh, weight, whether it's mm. how you actually feel, like what, what, what do you actually notice? Like how um, I feel, how, yeah. how I feel in my body, just um, the awareness of I love chocolate too. And I'm prone to overeating chocolate as well. And I know when I've, I think it is also, I know when I've overeaten, I can feel it in my body. I don't sleep well. I feel really erratic. Like I just, my moods are weird. My emotions are off. Like I just, I just know that if my eating is out of control and there isn't structure within within my day, within my nutrition, I I don't feel. I I, I just yeah, my energy's all over the show. Um, I can't train as well. And then you know, physically, I, I, my appearance. It's like oh, I can see it as well. Um, in my body, I, I do use the scales, um, and I do have a funny relationship with the scales. But I'm I'm getting better at that, and I do I do use that, and I think that is important to have that awareness of where you are and how you are. But yeah, I just it's more a feeling for me of I feel uncomfortable and I feel agitated and I don't feel level within myself when and it's not even I'm like, oh, do I sound like I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak? And it's not that it's just that I feel like when I understand my nutrition for the day and I feel like I've got it locked in, I just feel a lot better in myself, in, in myself emotionally more than anything. And I'm able to handle a lot more. I think that's what it is. I agree. That's nice. I yeah. agree. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. What about you, Jude? Yeah. Me, yeah. The um, the thing that I said earlier, which was noticing after a few days, I'm like, I just feel full and just yeah. like, like a little bit brain foggy. Like, I don't know. I get brain foggy. Mm. Mm. I yeah. eat too much. Yeah. I can't focus yeah. properly. So yeah. same. Yeah. 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 
big time. Yeah, for sure. It's like the, the interesting thing is, is um, I noticed uh, like it's more to do with quantity of food rather than the quality of food as well. For me, um, you know, like yeah. it clearly play it definitely plays oh, really? a role, obviously, like quality of food. But it's like the quantity of food. So what? Um, and I did a little experiment as well with this. So this is a good little thing. Is like mm. um, this is great, like Turkish. Uh, Turkish restaurant that uh, me and my housemates like to order food from once in a while, and um, they do a like do a great beatty. Um, I got a lamb beatty, and then but of course it comes with bread, and I had some meatballs as well. So I basically had bread and meatballs and lamb beatty, and uh, that night I went to sleep. I just woke up in the middle of the night. I base first of all, I just felt fucking stuffed, right? Even mm. though I ate like four hour four hours before I went to bed. I still felt really, really full and really heavy. So going to sleep just felt really uncomfortable. And then I fell asleep, but um, you know, I use a whoop tracker as well. And it just showed, it's like, I barely had any, boom, whoop buddies. <laughs> like I barely had any, um, <laughs> like any uh, deep sleep or REM sleep. And I woke up in the middle of the night as well. Um, I had to sit up in bed and all those different kinds of things. And, oh. um, and I, I know thought, that feeling. And like, and yeah, it's like I was like, "What is it? Did I eat something which doesn't actually respond well to me?" And then I thought, "Okay, well, I'll I'll do this little experiment with it." And then so the next time I did it, but I just didn't order the any bread that came with it. I just didn't actually eat it. And the lamb meatballs, I was like, "Okay, I'll put it aside. I don't need that much protein. <laughs> you know, I'm good." Mm -hmm. And then so yeah, I just had the bay, and then everything was fine. So it was more to do with. Uh, because whatever's in the bread and whatever's in the lamb meatballs is also in the beatty as well. So because it's a lamb beatty mm. and there's some bread attached to it. So I was like, okay, well, it's not about what's in the food. It was about how much I had. I felt completely fine. I had a good night's sleep and all that kind of stuff. So for me, like quantity of food makes me feel brain foggy. It really affects my sleep. Um, I feel over full for like hours. And then if that starts to seep into days, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely doing something which doesn't serve me very well here. Mm. Brain fog is a big one, as you mentioned as well. It's just like, you just don't feel like you're thinking as clearly. And and interestingly, you only really notice that when you start thinking clearly again, you're like, oh shit, this is what the yeah, world feels like when I've got a million mm -hmm. thoughts, but I can actually do something with them. And um, uh, it kind of, I'd say, I'd say uh, motivation takes a hit. It's like, you know, you'll want to actually do certain things because you get that bit of lethargy uh, kicking in and you just feel like oh, it might be just be having a bad day. It actually is not. It's just like the dietary choices that I've made have actually literally impact how I feel about um, the things that I want to do. And because, uh, you know, from a like literally from a biological point of view, it's like if you feel full, your body feels you feel satiated and that releases serotonin so you release mm. the serotonin is makes you feel happy with the here and now so if you have too much here and now going on then you're not actually motivated to go and attain the things that you want to attain so this is why you know side note is like intermittent fasting kind of is helpful to get you into a um pursuant kind of mindset because mm. there's that you're just because you're starving <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're eating less food. You're just you're hungry. Like, yeah, you're hungry a little bit more, and then your brain just fired up and is like, okay, well, I've, I've got to go out and do stuff. And um, yeah, so noticing things like that is like the, that lethargy. Um, and yeah, and I think these are kind of like important things. We've all got like, um, we've all kind of highlighted different things as well. Jude had a really nice one, it's like feeling level. Um, and like agitation, all those different kinds of things. Uh, you're personally and then like my one, like, 
I guess these are good like kind of ideas and perspectives for people mm -hmm. with like, okay, how to build awareness. These are the kind of things I can look out for, but it's also quite individual because like, you know, we don't have kids. Uh, well, sorry, Jude has kids, uh, has, uh, has a son, um, but you know, you and I don't. So it's not going to be about how present I am for my children, but other people can pick up on that. They can be like, how present am I for my kids? Because of the choices that I've made, which directly impact my health. Like you can, you can figure those kinds of things out as well. And let me tell you that alcohol is not ideal. I'm, I'm not going to go into that at all, but being present with your child or children when you are drinking, it, even the next day, is like, as someone that's experienced that, it's you are not. And that was one of the big things for me as well. It's like putting that sort of stuff into my body as well. It was like that was a big, big part of it was like there is no presence there. So um, I know it's not food. It, you know exactly well, but yes. it still it's has an effect yeah. yes, yeah. choices, it completely has an effect yeah it's, um, um, I had a, it's a, had a thought I don't know like Jude have you actually do you know anything about because um, like well, your son's of like he's approaching teenage years mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yes. so like have you had any conversations with him has he suggested anything about um, what body image might mean to him uh, this is a really interesting question, G, because actually school-age children in general have ideas about body image that really, really surprised mm. me. Like a lot of the, not a lot of the girls, but I have, like in my head I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've had conversations with other parents around how girls feel like they need to look a certain way. And even my son as well, actually, no, he's like, Mummy, do I look fat? No, no. Does my face look chubby? No. Image as as children head into kind of teen years or tween years, they start to detach from you a little bit and they start to see themselves as an individual and how an individual responds to the outside world. So they they suddenly become aware of how they look and how they are portrayed to other people. So um and this is where it's really important as a parent to, to have a healthy relationship with food and alcohol and things like that and exercise. And, and he, he often asks me, do I look fat? And he knows the answer. He knows that he's not. But it's almost like he needs reassurance. But what I hope I give him is kind of like a healthy portrayal of how we should be just in life, I hope, you know, yes, I have chocolate. Yes, I overeat, but I don't drink. And I'm pretty healthy in my choices. And I'm healthy in what I give him in his choices as well. So it's like finding this balance, especially for children as they head into teenage years. I think it, it it's what we do as adults. They're always watching. Doesn't matter what you think. They are always watching you. So Eating well is hugely important and having a good relationship with your body and your body image is important as well, I think. So basically we don't do it for ourselves, we do it for the people coming after us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's taken me a really long time, but watch your words, watch, watch your actions around your children because they're always watching. You know, the way you talk about yourself, they're always listening. And then that's the way they'll talk about themselves. So, yeah, I've done a lot of work in recent years because of my son, I think, to be, have a healthier attachment to food and alcohol and things like that and exercise as well. 
Mm. Beautiful. Okay. I mean, I think we could, there's so many things that we could have unpacked as well, which we've left on the table. Um, is, but I think that's a good time to leave it. I want to respect. We'll have that. Emily part two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Part three. Part three, yeah. sorry. Sure, Anytime. it'll be a part 17 at some point as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We've got like loads of different things that we can unpack. Um, I really hope, I really hope this is uh, helpful for people is like, like I said at the beginning is like, we've got a lot of questions, may not have a lot of answers, but there's a lot of different ways of thinking about uh, body image, the effect it has on us as people, as on society. Like I said, lots of things that are left on the table, we could have easily discussed, but um, I think um, it's been very useful for me. It's been great to so have this Thank conversation you. and um, I hope everybody else resonates with it as well. And please tell us what you think. Um, please just send us a message over Instagram at Evolve Achieve Thrive and um, get in touch to tell us what you think of this conversation, what resonated with you and your thoughts on body image for men and women and children in, in general. Um, em, how can people reach you? I think Instagram is the easiest thing, at Emily Anger. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll whack that in the show notes. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot for joining us today and giving us your insights. You. It's been very super valuable. No, it's and um, yeah, so we will catch you another time.